0: Are we... What's working and what's not? How? So even in a small church, you have technical difficulties. If this is only going to work for a little while. on now. We good? We're good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Man, we've been blessed already. I want to try and blow through some of this really quickly, so that's going to be tough, but let's just obey the Lord. And I hope right now that there are many listening to us, and if you are listening to us while this is being ministered, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But if you're listening to this because it's been recorded, don't think that this is any less Impactful. This is not any less of a divine appointment. God meant for you to hear this. So please, give God your full attention. Open your heart and your mind. Receive what God has to say to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So last week we ended up in a proverb. It's 18 verses 12 through, I'm sorry, 10 through 12. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. Before destruction. A man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. My brothers and sisters, remember, we can't, we've come to rely upon the things of this world and for, all, for our security, for us to feel like maybe you know, we do have a, a, a stronghold, we have a strength, we have, listen, I mean, it, it's not a bad thing to have bank accounts. It's not a bad thing to plan for your future. So I don't misunderstand and don't say, well, Pastor Tony said it's not right for a 401k. Or No, I'm not saying that. But my brothers and sisters, here and now, we cannot depend on those things. Those things can be wiped out, lickety-splitting in a hurry. I've, you've, many of you have lived through this. I know some of you in this room have. 401ks literally dissolving to nothing. Now, come on now. It could be taken overnight. If the government changes, like in the direction they wanted it to, we can lose the right to have private property. Come on now. We can lose everything in this world. But we will never lose God. We will never lose Jesus. Our strong tower, our safe place is in Christ Jesus. Amen? amen so we don't have it's not just when we're in trouble no I'm in Jesus now you're in Jesus now my brothers and sisters he is our safe place he is our security is he so for those of us who are listening right now those of us who are gathered together who or what is your strong tower who or what are you depending on no 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 don't answer me don't speak out loud I want you to think about this. Who or what are you depending on? Come on, who or what is giving you security? What, what is it? So many people, and again, when I say this, do not misinterpret what I'm saying, okay? So many people are chomping and biting their nails, and oh, will they have a vaccine by the end of the year? I'm not saying that. Oh, that's a bad thing, and I'm not saying that. You know, uh, well, if you have faith in God, you won't need that stuff. No, but I'm saying this: if you're totally dependent on that, then my brothers and sisters, Jesus is not your strong tower. If that's where your total focus is, if that's where all your attention is, if that's what's got you, you know, hope. If that's where your hope is, my hope is in these big drug companies making this vaccine. My hope is in, no, my hope is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, my brothers and sisters, you know, many of us in this room are well off. We have good jobs and all that. But what happens if that job goes away? What happens? So many of us have already experienced that through this, this pandemic. So many people have lost jobs. So many people have had to dip into savings and things of that nature. Come on. So, no, no, no. Jesus is my strong tower. And not only that, my brothers and sisters, I need to know that I know that I know. That I'm counting, my hope is in Jesus. All my hope is in the Lord. I'm depending on the Lord. You know why? Here's what it says. And you're all familiar with this. I love to quote this. In First Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 16. For the Lord Himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with a voice of with the trumpet of God and the, uh, with the voice of our angel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first but then in 17 then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air to be with him always wherefore comfort one another with these words my brothers and sisters i don't know if you got this you see this 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 illustration that i've chosen do you see that looks like a bride in the wedding gown you see the wedding gown is all the people we are the bride of christ That's His church. See, my hope for this life, like the next life, is Jesus Christ. I'm standing on that word. I know that you know the Lord Himself is going to break the sky wide open and come and get us pretty soon. If you don't know that, listen to this. Oh, they've been saying that for years, Pastor. Well, let me just tell you something. We are so ripe for it right now, it's not even funny. If you don't know that, you got to be spiritually blind in one eye and can't see out the other. I'm telling you something my brothers and sisters. We need to be ready. We need to be living our lives totally dependent on Jesus Christ. We need to live our lives like the sky can be, be split tonight. Not putting our security in other things. Not su- putting our security and, and having this in our imagination because I've built up this war chest of money because I have property and I because I have things and because I ha- listen because I have contacts in government because I know people in high places even spiritual people in high places fooey fooey you got to know the one his name is Jesus his name is Jesus I love this. and if it, See the bride. You could leave that up there, Tony, please. See the bride up there. In Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. You could put that one up there. I want to, I want to see that one. See, I'm not making that up. In Ephesians 5, look what it says. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Uh Uh-oh, I knew Tony was going to have something to say about that. Yes. And and even in that, I'm totally dependent on him. Totally dependent on him. I love one of the portions of of Miss Tori Beth's um, a testimony when she said, I, 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 I want to know how to love you. Right? She had to learn how to love God. See, so many of us are in that position where we think that love is a warm and fuzzy feeling. And you've heard me say that before. It's all about feeling. And, and so many of us are, you know, if you love me, then you're going to do this for me. All of those are weak, poor definitions of love. Love is not that. Love is, I care for you. I'm committed to you. And nothing is going to change that. And we know that, many of us who have been together. But my brothers and sisters, I even have to depend on God for all of those things, including my holiness and my spotlessness. I, I have blemishes on me. Whew. I was just waiting for one person. But but think about this. I... I you know. There are, I still make some mistakes. I'm not the same person that I used to be. He's still cleansing me. He's still, I'm still in this process of being sanctified. But my brothers and sisters, here's the great thing. The great thing is, in Him, I'm blemish free. I don't need any, uh, what was that, clearasil when we were kids. I'm showing my age. Remember that? Remember that? Anybody else remember that? Remember that? They to, they to, they to, that hydrogen peroxide. Remember we used to put that all over her face; it'd be peeling. I get one pimple and just put it there. Thank God. Yeah, and then you come. You, you always see the then the skin is peeling and it's pur, you know, purple and all. My brothers and sisters, listen. I I don't need that. I don't see now. I still may have a blemish here, or a blemish there, even in my old age. Every once in a while, I'll get something that'll pop up on me. But my brothers and sisters, I don't see that. That's that's temporary. That's nothing. As far as God is concerned, I am zit free in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I say that from the pulpit? (laughs) Hallelujah. I I am without blemish in Christ Jesus. I am without blemish, without spot. Remember, in the past few weeks, we've been in the uh, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, 5 and 6. And I just want to remind you, it's not going to be up there, but listen, in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect. This is Jesus speaking. Be perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. My brothers and sisters, how do you get around that? How how can I? Jesus made that statement flat out. And it's in the midst of all of those things that he's telling us that makes us happy and blessed. And he's calling us to these things, and and he's preaching this sermon, and he's telling us what this looks like. And not only did He tell us, but then He continued to live His life that way, to show us. Hallelujah. That's an awesome, awesome thing. But let me, let's, let's go a little deeper. We'll dive a little deeper. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 22, But you have come to the Mount Zion, and to, and to the city of the living God. Let me pause here just briefly, just to give you context. Now He is comparing, the Apostle here is comparing to Mount Sinai, and the, the God's people before going and appearing at the base of Mount Sinai to, to hear God, to get in, in fellowship and hear God God's word, to get in the presence of God, okay? So now, again, he's talking about us. Contrary to that, we've come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to, go, to God, the judge of all, to God the savior of all to God no to God the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect just men made perfect to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant jump down Hebrews 13 beginning in verse 20 Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete that's the same word make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, in His sight, well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, see that? To make you complete... Uh, perfect, those are, are those are, they mean the same thing. When God is talking about us being perfect, and God is talking about us being complete, He's saying that we're, we're working this thing out, we're coming to maturity. This thing that He's starting us, He's expecting it to be finished. Remember that scripture, He who has done a good work and you, will be faithful to complete it? Come on, am I the only one that remembers that one? Okay, my brothers and sisters, look, this is what He's saying. He is in us working, but He has this end in sight, this perfection in sight, and we're working that out. Are you with me? In Christ Jesus, it's being worked out. So, look, this is a great thing. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed that we could be restored. We haven't been redeemed by the blood of Jesus so that we could just go ahead and then depend on other things and live this life and see how it turns out. Well, I know how it's going to turn out, Pastor. I heard you preach. You just said a little while ago we're going to be raptured up. and Well, are we? See, not everybody will be, right? And I, I see. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but remember what the Tower of Babel, what we talked about last week. There is not this universal salvation. There, everybody's not going to be saved. Unfortunately, it's God will. It's God's will that everyone would be saved, but He will not override your will. What you decide to do, the path you decide to take, that's your decision. God has done everything He can to make sure that you have something before you, labors in your path, Pastor Tony in your path, Pastor Tori in your path, labors, people, you in someone else's path. That's what you're called to do. You're called to be that light, that salt, that has someone else that is on the wrong path. You're, you're, You're showing them a different way. And then you're leading them to the place where if He does split the sky... They're going. They're part of that body, that bride that's going to be with Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But we're being restored. God redeemed us to restore us. To restore us to what? To that original purpose and plan that He called us to. That thing that He created us for. God did not create you and I to go to hell. You know that. But what He did create us for, He has to work that out in us. Because when we were born, we were born of the old man, Adam. Okay, so I I know I've bored you to tears with that. But in the studies and the things that we've been discussing uh, in the past few weeks, even including on Wednesday nights, we're talking about the kingdom. We are kingdom people. We are citizens of heaven. We should be different. We act different. We look different. Everything about us should be different, young people and older people and middle-aged people. Everything about us should be different. The way we conduct this life should be so distinctively different that you can't help but to have people either comment or ask you. And sometimes, granted, and especially for you young people, it's going to be hard. It's going to be negative comments. It will be negative. But, man, I I just want to tell you, if it's negative, man, hallelujah, praise God, because that means you're doing it right. That means you're doing it right. And I know it's hard for all of us, but especially for you young people. I know that it's hard. You don't want to be you know, made fun of. You don't want to be mocked or criticized. You want to be accepted by your peers. I, I know that. Been there and done that. Uh, but isn't it better to be accepted by the one who created you? Isn't it, all of us, isn't it, isn't it better to live under the authority of the one who has the ultimate authority? Right? The one who said, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. We've been there a couple of weeks now. And I, 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 I don't want to get over that. I, 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 want to, I want to keep reminding myself of that. Because, you know, when I wake up in the morning and it starts off and you go to work and, you're, and the phone is already lighting up and, and you think, oh my gosh, here's another. No. No. I have to remind myself all authority in heaven and on earth is His. He's in control. He's with me. This is going to work out for my good. Somewhere along the line, this is going to work out. This is going to turn out good. It's not starting off too good today, but it's sure going to turn out good. Come on! Hallelujah. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, my brothers and sisters, He's restored us that His will may be done. It's going to be done. But here's the problem. How many of us Let's go back to the original. Now, how many of us are running to the wrong towers? See, something happens, and because we've kind of we've walked a little away, we got a little comfortable, we strayed a little bit away from the tower, and now the, the, the rain, the storm, the, the negativity, the bad circumstances are coming, and I'm, and I'm going to run to the tower for safety and protection. I'm going to run, I'm going to get there, right? Which tower am I running to now? See, because I see that the society, the culture has set up so many different uh, venues that we can call that tower, that security. And we're falling for it. People in the church, my people. See, See, in a lot of ways we've, be, we've become self-sufficient because we're motivated, because we, are, uh, we have an, a degree of intellect, because we are capable and we have... Um, you know, the intellect, the skills, and, and maybe we have, you know, the bodily uh, energy and strength that we can work and we can do things and we can change things. We have some social um, uh, standing where we can go ahead and move and shake that way. And we've, we've went, learned to trust those things without God. And sometimes we, boy, this is good, and sometimes we give God the credit for it. Right? Sometimes we'll go ahead and because we think that it's working in our favor and it seems right according to my intellect and it feels good, I got that warm and fuzzy about it, we'll give God the credit for it. My brothers and sisters, that's not how it's supposed to be. No, no, no. We run to Jesus. He is our strong tower. He is our strong tower. We run to Jesus. See, what are we identifying with? Do you identify with Jesus in every part of your life? Come on, come on, come on. Listen, do you identify with Jesus in every area of your life? Well, Pastor, I didn't know it was going to be that kind of service. There are so many people in here and then who are listening, who are already born again. That's what we need to make sure of. See, that's what we really need to make sure of. Because our young people are being told so many different things, even by different churches. Our young, and our older people, middle... And I, here's what else I'm noticing. In this time and in this culture that we're living in, people are being stressed to the max. People are—some people are just. The Bible tells us for a reason. In the last days, listen. Even some of the faithful will walk away. Even some people are going to walk away from the faith. How does that happen? Well, how it happens is you start leaning and running toward the wrong towers. The news is always bad. They're trying to put fear in you and distract you, take you down the wrong road. So you're running to the wrong places for your security, for your stronghold, for your strong tower. You, we start to depend on other things. And then also, my brothers and sisters, look, so if I'm, who am I, what group am I identifying with? You know, and that's the other thing that they're trying to do to us in our culture. What a, what, look around you, real quick. Everybody in this room, look around you. What do you see? Different colors, different ages, different national origins. Come on. Come on. My brothers and sisters, this is what, this is what the church of God looks like. Different ages, different sexes, different color skins, different national origins. This is the way it is. But see, now what's happening is in the culture, not just here, but in all over the world, they're trying to separate us and divide us into these little groups. Now, I'm not going to re-preach what I've preached already. I know you've heard me say that. So, here's, so then, Tony, if you know that, then why are you repeating it? You know why? Because I, see, I hear about some of the stuff that you guys post on Facebook. I, I, I hear. I, I can't believe some of it, and, and I'm, I'm praying for you. Uh, I, sometimes I don't even want to hear it. Sometimes somebody will say, hey, did you see what so-and-so... I don't even want to know. I really don't even want to know. I hear some of the things that come out of some of your mouths. Now, oh, I didn't know it was going to be that kind of service. No, no, no. Here's what I'm trying to say. is The problem is that that's how I know we know We should be praying for each other, lifting each other up, because when we hear and see those things, that's an indicator that we're running to the wrong place for our security. We're not identifying with Jesus anymore. Oh yeah, we may profess it, but my brothers and sisters, who we're actually leaning on, who we're actually relying upon, who we're listening to, might be somebody different. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. See, this is, the, this is what needs to happen in this building, among this body. Don't, listen, I don't want you to identify with Pastor Tony. This is not Pastor Tony's church. This is the church of Jesus Christ. This is his church. My, my brothers, this, this... Listen, you don't identify... You identify with Jesus Christ. Amen? amen? Amen, amen, amen. So look, we're identifying... All of these fringe groups, political groups, uh ethnic groups, blah, 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 name it. There's anything and everything out there. And and I've heard some of you say, and and now when I say this, please hear my heart, okay? Because I've heard this from some of you and from some other places, especially among uh, people who happen to be black. I'm concerned. I have a son. So what they're saying is, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. If you look at the climate, a young black man... Or any black man may be, they're viewing it as a target. Or they may be more susceptible to violence from police. Well, statistically, you're wrong because more people who are white are shot by police than black. That's so, so I'm not saying that you shouldn't be concerned. So, see, I know what I'm saying right now. Some of you are already mad at me, and some of you people who are listening are mad at me. I'm telling you the truth. I would be concerned, and I have prayed for your kids. I have prayed for my kids. I will continue to pray for other people's kids who I don't even know, but I know of. I will continue to do that all the time. And if you don't know that by now, then you don't really know me. But here's what I want you to understand: Are you going to go ahead then and put? And I'm not just talking to the black people in this in this congregation or anybody who might come across this uh, recording anybody so when it comes right down to it when we live in this culture in this society are you going to put more of your faith and more of your trust are you going to align yourself with these groups that think it's okay to act violently are you going to go ahead and identify with those groups that say it's okay to destroy somebody else's property are you going to be align yourself with a group that say it's uh, now now I'm not talking just to see I know I see I hear it I can feel it some of you' getting tight uh uh-uh. uh are you going to align yourself with anybody who and comes out with a word or a phrase or a paragraph that when you really read in between the lines you know that they are racist well but because you may not be a person of color you're okay with that that's just as bad. Oh, how come I didn't get any amens? How come? Come on. That's just as bad. It's just as bad. Who are you identifying with? Who are you identifying with? We're supposed to be His church, without spot, without blemish. We're supposed to be identifying with Him. Whose side are you on? Well, I'm on the side of those poor people. Whose side are you on? Well, I'm on the side of those people that are right. They're just right. I was, whose side are you on? I'm on the side of the Lord. That should be no hesitation. None whatsoever. I'm on the side of the Lord. I'm very concerned very concerned with attitudes and, and these are people in the church. I'm, I'm concerned for, for my people. I'm concerned for people who are going out there professing Jesus Christ and then just totally identifying and doing these things and saying these things and posting these things. Listen, when I, if I call somebody a liar, I better make sure that I know that they're telling a lie. How come it's so quiet? No, I'm serious. When I, see, listen, watch. It's been written, you've heard it's been written, you shall not commit murder. I say that when you say to your brother, you get angry at your brother, you say, Raka, you've committed murder. So if I get so angry with somebody, and I start calling their name, start calling them empty-headed, blockhead, well, they're a big liar. When I get all my... See, I've got to be careful, my brothers. I've told you, I've confessed to you, and I'm saying it right here again from the pulpit. Man, the anger has been stirred up in me for so long now because of this whole thing, and we can't get it straight. We can't get it right because there's not a lot of people who just talk like this. You're afraid. I'm afraid. I don't want to offend anybody. But at the same time, I've got to preach the truth. So now if I am somebody who thinks that maybe my skin color isn't as, uh, uh, as, as pigmented as somebody else's so that when someone says something that sounds good to, to that uh, uh, way of thinking or to that uh, line of life, well, no, that's not bad. Well, I'm, uh, that's bad. That's bad. I'm, I'm wrong. But now on the other hand, when you know someone who has the, my sp- skin tone says something, but you won't believe it because of my skin tone, that's bad. You're, nope, he's lying, he doesn't know or whatever. Or a politician, just because he may not line up with you, but you're going to call names, you're going to say this, you're going to say, man, it's wrong. Every bit of that is wrong. Why is it wrong, Tony? Maybe that guy is lying. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But has, am I the one that's called to point fingers and say, liar, liar, truth, liar. No, I'm not on anybody's side. I'm on the side of the Lord. The Lord did not call me to point fingers. I love again what our, our sweet sister said. She knew she had a knowledge of God in her mind, but she hadn't been touched in her heart yet and she became the Pharisee. So many of us are like that. I, I, I've been thinking about this over the way, uh, on the way home, uh, on the way here and on the way home during the week. You know, so many times, especially when I was younger and I got full of this, this Holy Spirit, I thought, wow, this is great and I'm going to invite people to church but I'm not going to invite certain people to church because you well, know, if a person I thought might be you know, maybe a homosexual, I uh, oh, you've got to change. No, 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 no. They can't change. They have to have Jesus Christ. So I'm not convicting you of your sin. I'm, a, you know, no, no. Come to Jesus. Listen, come to Jesus, and Jesus will clean that. Jesus will take care of that. I can't say, you know, hey, you, you're not invited here. You can't be here because you're a certain persuasion, or you're this, or you're that, or man, how many? That's keeping everything divided. But at the same time, you cannot sit there and tell me that no, we're just we're righteous, we're going to heaven. There's this way. No, the Bible tells me something different. I can't hide that or disguise it, and I'm not going to ignore it. The Bible says that those folks or folks that um, practice same-sex relationships will not be in heaven. I didn't say that, and I'm not, and it's not like I'm standing up here all giddy about it. But I identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He died for every one of us, including those people who have those kind of tendencies. Why? So that they can change from that. Now, you see what I just said? In this culture, young people, they're going to tell you that when someone like me says that, we're wrong, we're hateful, we're intolerant. It's not true. I love them. I love everybody. If, if, if You know what would be worse? If I knew that they would burn in hell and I never told them. But here's what I won't do. I won't say, you're not welcome among our body of believers. You're not welcome in our church. You're welcome in our church. Please come. We love you. Give us a chance to show you the love of Jesus and you'll see that beyond, even, how about, how about those of us who are living in uh, uh, an unmarried home? We're living husband and wife, you know, a, a, a regular relationship, but not married. It's just as bad. It's just as bad. So now, should I say to those people, don't come to our church until you get married or I can't talk to you, I can't associate you. No. No. God loves you. I'm not identifying with any group that says that. I'm not identifying with any group that's anti-gay. I'm not identifying with any group that's pro-gay. I'm not identifying with any group that's anti-marriage. I'm not identifying with any group that's pro-marriage. I'm not identifying with any group that's for minorities. I'm not identifying with any group that's against minorities. I'm identifying with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who loves everybody. Hallelujah. Man, you ought to be just bouncing. Hallelujah. But man, see, that's what perfection is. That's what being complete is. In my younger days, my mom and dad didn't raise me to be prejudiced in any way. They didn't raise me to to look at people differently. We're all the same. But I got to tell you, in my own nature, especially when you get out on your own and you hear other people yapping and talking about experience and you have some experiences, it influences you. Only with Jesus... Only with Jesus can I love everybody. Only with Jesus can those spots of racism, those spots of sexual impurity, those spots of lying, those spots. Only with Jesus could they be removed. Only with Jesus can those things start to be moved out of my life as I'm moving on to perfection, being blemish-free, baby. No clearicll in his house. No clearicll here, baby. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't need it? Don't want it? Because I identify with Jesus Christ. James 1, verses 2-4. through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, my brothers and sisters, that's what happens to us. I'm all, hey, happens to me. So here's, here's what happens. Everything is going pretty good but then you, something happens, you get in the middle of this boiling pot. Ah! Oh, in the world, you know what? See what he's saying? In order for us to move from that place to place, we have to be challenged. We have to be tested. Now, we all are different areas in, different, in, in our lives, different seasons, different ages, different things are important to us. I, I, I'm so glad, again, like I said, you know, since uh, Rachel... Uh, handle the youth. It, Tori Beth is the first one that we really had that's committed and young enough to be able to relate to our young people because she is going to be able to, I think, speak to some of those concerns that the young people have, some of the challenges that they're having. I remember some of them, but to be honest with you, uh, my memory's not as good as it used to be. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, here, here's the thing. So some of you young people, the tests and the challenges and the and the fire, re, you know, relationships. You know, whether it's friends, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's friends, the things that you're being told and, and then the things that your mom and dad are trying to teach you and some of the things, the way that your friends are going or the way the culture and society is going, even some of the very things that you're being taught in school that are wrong and then you hear it and your mom and dad may try to correct you and then you, know, you're, you don't know what to believe. All of this stuff is testing and trials. All of it. So, so what are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? You've got to believe the Lord. Who are you identifying with? Identify with Jesus. And when you go through these trials and these tests, if you continue to hold on to Jesus, guess what? He's removing more spots from you. You, you, you know what? There's not going to be any leopard Christians. I didn't say lepros. <laughs> leopard. There will be no spotted Christians in the kingdom. Why? He's removing them. And so you have to go through these tests and, to the, and through these trials so that they can be removed and moved from you. You can be more complete. You're going on to maturity. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So Second Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man or person, woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now I'm going to tell you, this word complete right here is a different word. It's a different Greek word. You know what this word really is referring to? That in the moment, you're going to be ready. See, you're going to have challenges and you're going to have uh, difficulties. But now if you are studying the word of God, see that's why Pastor Tony says, have you been in the Bible yet? Where you been? And and Minister Tory's going to say, hey, here's where we are. <laughs> So, this is a good thing. But my brothers and sisters, young brothers, older brothers, here's a problem. Here's a problem. And you hear me say it so, so many times, and I know people accuse me of preaching the same things over and over again. Well, how about if we start doing, and then I won't have to keep saying it? (laughs) Oh, it's real quiet. You can hear a pin drop. How about we start doing it, then I won't have to keep saying it? My brothers and sisters, hear what he's saying. He's saying, this is how you do it. This is how, listen, this is how you identify with Jesus. This is how you do it. The scripture, all scripture, is, is, is by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Tells you how you should go. It corrects you when you're doing wrong. Spanks you when you're a bad kid. God has some bad kids. Sometimes. Ever been spanked by God? Yes. But my brothers and sisters, this is what the Scripture does for us. It teaches us, it conforms us to more to the image of Christ. But then here's the thing. See what it's saying now in the context of where we are today. Being perfect, being complete. Now this complete is saying so that in the moment, if you're, listen, if you are read up, if you're in your Bible, if you're studying your Bible, if you're praying and reading, when that challenge comes, you're going to be ready for it. So that's what this is speaking. You're fresh. I'm not living on yesterday's, the day before's, or last month's scriptures. Oh yeah, when I need them, God will bring them to my remembrance. But God is moving me, and and He's teaching me, and He's conforming me through His Word. So the scriptures that I was really hot and heavy in last month, you know what, maybe that's not what I need in this moment. See, that's what this is saying. I'm complete, I'm fresh, I'm ready in this moment. Right? So that's what this, this Word is teaching us right now. We need to be continuously in the Bible. And never think that we've read it enough. I, I love preaching from the same scriptures sometimes and then just getting more depth. Teaching, reading. Some of you have had that where you're, you've read scriptures over and over. Some of you have been Christian for many, many years. I'm going to look this way. Some of you have been so long, a long, long time. But you can read those scriptures and they're still fresh to you. Why? Because God is giving you deeper understanding. God is expanding the depth. Are you with me? It's an awesome, awesome thing. So, man, be fresh. You read these scriptures and you're fresh. You're ready for that next challenge. You have a fighting chance in Jesus. You're identifying. You're more identified with Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm, I'm basically done. This is not uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Those of you who have been here for a while, I know we're going a little long today. If you could just hang with me for a little while, great. If you have to leave, go ahead and leave. But my hope is that this is going to mean something to someone in here as well as someone who is listening. You know what I think our real problem is, my brothers and sisters? We think because we've confessed or we've prayed a prayer. We've we've asked Jesus to forgive us. We're all okay. And we have our identity in Him. I just, those of us who have been studying together on Wednesdays, man, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. But you're going to hear a little something. In Acts 17.30 through 31, here's what it says. Young people, please, hang on just a little longer. And pay attention to this, please. Don't make the same mistake some of us older fogies have made. Thinking we're something we're not. Or thinking we've arrived at a place and we really haven't. And then all of a sudden, we get that storm and it just blows us up. And we don't identify with Jesus at all. Verse 30, Acts 17. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, But now commands all men everywhere to repent. Who? All people everywhere repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Who's that man? Jesus. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. He showed us that Jesus was qualified because Jesus came up out of that tomb alive. So my brothers and sisters, what are you saying, Tony? We're all a bunch of sinner dogs in this room. No, but I think we've gotten relaxed. I, I think we've gotten relaxed. And I think the one thing about the pandemic and the situation that we find ourselves into, people, people are buying Bibles. People are buying Bibles. There are more people curious about um, you know, the end times and you know they want to make sure things are right. So now watch. That's a good thing. But it's a good thing uh, Tori, this was so timely because of Tor Look at look at what Pastor Tori had said. She was filled with head knowledge. She knew what the word said, but it wasn't until she had an experience with Holy Spirit that moved it to her heart. That's when the rubber meets the road. That's when you start to be listen. That's when you get redeemed, and that's when you start to have this restoration. My brothers and sisters, yes, I'm so grateful that Bible sales are up and people are curious, and they're, they're, but men, they, they have to know the truth. What's the truth? The truth is that we all stink on ice. The truth is that, listen, all of us are born in sin. All of us are born in sin, have a sinful nature, and none of us are pleasing to God, even, my brothers and sisters, when we're at our best behavior. But God, but God, He went ahead and He paid the price for our sin. Listen, that we may be redeemed and restored and perfected. I'm going on to perfection. How about you all? I'm going on to perfection. But my brothers and sisters, it has to start with this repentance. And we've become too relaxed about repentance because so many times you hear it like this. We'll just ask Jesus to forgive you. Right? That's not repentance. Repentance. Let me ask you all something. How many of you... Now, you, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't this doesn't offend anybody. I just can't take it no more. <laughs> How many of you... If, many of you who are married... I'll just say it this way, so I'm not going to indict anybody. Many of you listening to me right now, many of you, some of you in this room, we're married or we were married or whatever. How many times in your relationship with your spouse have you just said sorry, you really didn't mean it, you just wanted it to stop? I see a couple of hands. <laughs> yes. Now, am I saying that's totally a bad thing to do? I'm not saying that's a totally bad thing to do. But you said, I'm sorry. Were you really sorry? You just wanted it to stop. You wanted your situation to change. Right? There's a difference between... Listen, there's a difference between saying you're sorry. How about, how about you young people? I want to do this. I know there's at least a couple here... More than a couple. There's at least a few here. How many times were you in an argument with your sibling and mom or dad said, okay, now tell so-and-so, tell your sister, tell your brother you're sorry? Ever happen? Let me ask you. Were you really sorry? Yeah. See, so my brother said, that's, that's, so you get the point. And, and, and though it sounds kind of trite and silly, it's not. Because that's the way we treat our God. That's, we, that's the way we treat the one that has all authority in heaven and on earth. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. No, Jesus, let, let, me, let me read something to you. Real quick. We were here, those of us who are on Wednesday, you, know, you, were, you guys are great, uh, faithful. Luke 24, 44 through 47. Then he said to them, Jesus, talking to them, after he's resurrected from the dead, he says, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That... It, that All things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, Jesus. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures, that they might understand the words. Not just have them in their head, but now they have an understanding of them. Amen, sister. Hallelujah. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Why? Verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission, right? Okay, great. The blood of Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus, your blood. Wait a minute. There's another part in there. Repentance. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached. My brothers and sisters, repentance and forgiveness aren't the same thing. God bless you. God bless you. Repentance... Now, some people are saying, well, I'm so glad we're social distancing right now. <laughs> Just teasing. So, repentance and forgiveness aren't the same thing. See, forgiveness is something I'm asking you for. I've wronged you, so forgive me. So, forgiveness is something that we're asking God for. But what are we doing? We're supposed to be repenting. We've acknowledged Listen, if you really acknowledge that you did something wrong, that you have to ask God for forgiveness, then that means you've done something wrong. What are you going to do about it? Oh, boy. See how quiet. What are you going to do about it? See, you're acknowledging that you've done something wrong. So that's what he's saying. Repentance. I have acknowledged that I've done something wrong. So now I want to go a different way. I've acknowledged that the way I'm doing, what I'm doing, the way I'm going, is offensive to you, God. Forgive me. And now I'm going to do something different. Oh, man. See, I have to, there's that acknowledgement that has to take place. See, we can believe on Jesus and we can say we believe on Jesus all we want to, but without that step, and my brothers and sisters, I'm afraid that that's what's got our churches messed up. See, we're going to Jesus for a makeover and uh, He's not into that. We have to die so that we could be restored. We have to understand that this doesn't just need a little clear seal here and there. This doesn't need a little blemish cream. I don't need a little cover-up. I don't need a little... No, I don't need to go ahead and put on another suit jacket. I don't need to wear my Sunday go-to-meet-and-tie. I don't need to wear my Sunday shoes. I don't need to go ahead and just clean up my language. I don't need to go ahead and hang around with the right people. I don't need to go, come on, come on, come on! I don't need to do that. I need to go ahead and get down on my face before Him and say, God, I need You. Forgive me for the wrong that I've done and help me not to wrong You again. I don't want to wrong You again. I don't want to live the way I was living in offense to you. Yeah, but it felt so good. Come on. But it felt so good. I was happy. Man, I had all of these friends. I had money. And man, the women, you kidding me? That's, that's why you have to be destroyed. That's why that flesh has to be put to death. That's why you can't just have a makeover. John, is this preaching? Because I've got some people looking at me, Well, I'm telling you something. I hope they're listening. No, come on, come on, come on, come on. See, that's why I have to die. I have to know that that thing, it's not just I go ahead and just, well, I, you know what, I'm not really that bad because some people are believing that. They're believing because I'm really not that bad of a person. I used to believe that. I used to believe I used to believe I'm not that bad of a person. I just got to fix this, fix that. I can't fix it. If I could fix it, he would not have had to have died. And then when he died, he told me the same death that I died, you need to die. That's why he says, if you'll be my disciple, deny yourself, pick up your cross. What does that mean? Tony has to die. Why? Because I know that that old Tony was an abomination to God like he was. And even though that I was still in a bond, as good as I thought I was, as popular as I was, as much as I had, uh, other than him, I thought, well, yeah, I just got to clean this up, clean that up. No. I come to realize, I have come to realize, that no, no, this is only good for a season. There's something else that's coming around the corner. That's why I need to stick with him. I need to stay with him. I need to let him wash me. I need to let him get these blemishes off of me. I need to help him. uh, have Him help me to go to completeness. He knows what's coming. I don't. So He's preparing me for what's coming. He's making me more ready. He's completing me. He had something in mind when He called me and it's never left His mind or heart even when I did. Hallelujah! Mm. Young people, just hear one thing that I say. God loves you more than anybody, even me. God loves you. God loves you more than those friends. Your friends are going to come and go. Here I am, almost 60 years old. I've had some really, really good friends in my life. Man, miles in between us, time in between us. So friends are going to come and go. But Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Amen? Stand with me, please.